0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of 50%. It's another book club episode, so today we're going to be talking about My Killer Vacation by Tessa Bailey. Woohoo!
1: Yeah, if you've listened to this podcast already, which hopefully you have, um, we've talked about Tessa Bailey a couple times. We are fans of her. So it felt only natural that for our second episode we would do her
0: latest book, which is a romance and a thriller. This book was, I'm gonna say ridiculous, but I mean that with like all the love in my heart. It was ridiculous in a great way. It was just hilarious and absurd and fun.
1: It was a lot.
0: It was a lot. There's a lot happening in this book, which first of all, a content warning. If you have not read the book, shit gets spicy pretty early so we are going to be talking about some explicit behavior in the book we're gonna we're not going to describe anything super explicitly I don't think no but this is a pretty spicy book so if you've read it you're aware if you haven't read it and you're listening to this and if you have like kids running around or something maybe put your headphones in or if you work with one of us Maybe skip this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one of my students. Don't. Just play it on silent so that we get the plays and please support us. But but maybe you don't want to hear your professor talking about um, a bounty hunter <laughs> and a second grade private school teacher doing it on the bathroom counter.
1: I almost feel Not bad that this was our second pick, but I went into it thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I've read some Tessa Bailey. It's going to be spicy. But this was like, oh, I told my friends to read this book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is a certain level of, like, exposure, I guess, that comes along with recommending, like, kind of smutty books to your friends. Like, I even feel that with you sometimes when I, like, recommend you something and I'm like, she's going to... Like, I don't know. I'm like, she's going to know that I like found this hot or whatever, (laughs) which like I don't actually care. But there's something that's almost more intimate about me telling you to read the book than if I were to just be like, oh, I love it when a man does this thing. Mm. You know, you know, the Tessa Bailey that you've read was like, it happened one summer in Hook, Line and Sinker, which is pretty spicy, but not to the level that a lot of her previous books mm-hmm. were. And I had read a lot of her previous books before. And there's all, again, if you're reading a Tessa Bailey book, you got to expect a certain level of spice. Like it just comes with the territory.
1: What is it that one of the reviewers calls her? It's like the Michelangelo of Dirty Talk or something like that.
0: Okay, this is actually something that I have in my notes because Tessa Bailey can. Tessa Bailey's the queen of writing dirty talk dialogue in a way that doesn't make me want to just like disappear into myself and crumble up
1: yes um yeah I I agree and normally I think that stuff that stuff is hard to write so good for her also now I know what Tessa Bailey looks like thanks to her TikTok oh she has a great TikTok oh it's great yeah go follow her on TikTok she's she's very active on TikTok you know when I was reading My Killer Vacation You know, uh, It Happened One Summer did not feel like a slow burn to me until I read My Killer Vacation.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't know what the opposite of a slow burn is, but My Killer Vacation is that. So let's get into it. Let's rehash what My Killer Vacation is about for the people. Um, And let's talk about the book. And this is your last warning if you don't want to hear us talk about people doing it. Maybe, Maybe skip it, but, you know, if you're still here... Welcome. The wheels are coming off. Oh, we're we're happy to
1: talk about it. And, you know, <laughs> spoilers ahead. Also, oh yes. So, Katie, do you want to start and read the book description?
0: I would love to because the description of this book is like the book ridiculous in the best way. So I feel like I need you. I need. I can't give you a visual aid, but the the blurb on the back of the book is split up into two different perspectives because this is a dual perspective book so the first half of the blurb is written from her perspective the second half of the blurb is written from his perspective so here we go it was supposed to be a relaxing vacation in sweet sunny cape cod just me and my beloved brother but discovering a corpse in our rental house really throws a wrench into our tanning schedule now a rude, crude bounty hunter has arrived on the back of his motorcycle to catch the killer and refuses to believe I can be helpful despite countless hours of true crime podcast listening, not to mention a fulfilling teaching career of wrangling second graders. A brash bounty hunter and an energetic elementary school teacher, the murder-solving team no one asked for, but thanks to these pesky attempts on my life, we're stuck together come hell or high tide. Now here's the second half where I'm, I'm the bounty hunter. You're going to do
1: the voice, right?
0: Oh, God, no. (laughs) I already barely have a voice right now. I can't do a rude, crude bounty hunter. Rude, crude bounty hunter. (laughs) I'm just here to do a job, not babysit an amateur sleuth, although it is becoming less and less of a hardship to have her around. Sure, she's stubborn, distracting, and can't stay out of harm's way. She's also brave and beautiful and reminds me of the home I left behind three years ago. In other words, the insatiable hunger and protectiveness she is waking up in me is a threat to my peace of mind. Before I sink any deeper into this dangerous attraction, I need to solve this murder and get back on the road. But will fate take her from me before I realize the road has been leading to her all along? Ooh, I wonder. (laughs) Will it? All right, so let's break it down. Who are our leads in this book? Abigail.
1: We've got Miles. Miles our bounty hunter. Miles with the Y, And then we've got Taylor. Taylor, the the school teacher. She's with her brother Jude and they're vacationing. And she spent a lot of money on this rental house so she could give her brother a nice vacation so he could heal from his heartbreak
0: about a panda. Yeah. So the, the jobs in this book are unparalleled. So Taylor's a, a school teacher. We learned she's a pandemic era school teacher. So our girl needs a vacation. Yes. Badly. And so they rent this big, beautiful house in Cape Cod, and she spends a fortune on it, which, you know, the house sounds amazing. So, and she's a school teacher. So I imagine she really pinched some pennies. She tore napkins in half to save money. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> Her brother, Jude, is a panda wrangler, basically. Is that what they call him? A panda wrangler? Hang on, I'll find it. A panda caretaker. That sounds far more kind than Panda (laughs) Wrangler. (laughs) Panda Wrangler. No, he, like, works with animals, and he got really close with this panda who lived to be 22 years old, and the panda died. Bartholomew. Bartholomew, yeah. And so he is understandably depressed, and so Taylor has convinced herself that she's on vacation for her brother, not for herself. No. And they're both constantly reminding each other, like, this is your vacation. No, it's also your vacation. It's a very cute brother sister dynamic.
1: They were cute. I was happy with the sibling dynamic. I thought Jude was a good brother brother character.
0: Yeah, he provides a lot of really good like one-liner zingers, comic relief, especially in the back half of the book. He's I like him.
1: So as Katie and I established in our book lovers episode, we have been taking notes throughout the book and as I've also established, I'm not a blur reader. And so sometimes I will forget what the book is about as soon as I start reading it. So the book starts with Jude and Taylor arriving at the beach house. And I forgot this was a murder mystery. And so I was like, why is she so hung up on how this place smells?
0: Oh, yeah. There's a weird smell, which at one point she described as like someone was cooking food and it's like the leftover smell. Um, But yeah, so they discover... They discover a dead body on, like, page four of this book. Like, it happens fast. They're on vacation. Taylor booked this vacation rental because it has a giant clawfoot tub, which, like, a girl after my own heart, big bath gal. Um, And she never even gets to take a bath in this tub, man, because she discovers a dead body. Well, first she discovers... Ah. Like two peepholes. And so she starts freaking out because she's listened to a lot of true crime podcasts. Yes. Which, relatable. <laughs> yes. um, The true crime
1: podcasts come up often. And uh, she thinks this makes her qualified for a lot of things that it does not.
0: She's actually pretty good at this investigation. She knows a lot of things that I wouldn't think about uh, <laughs> noticing or looking into. And I make true crime podcasts for a living. So the wood grain, come on. That's true. The wood
1: grain was was pretty uh, pretty sleuthy.
0: Yeah, the, I'm like fuck. I don't. T- <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is wood grain. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a carpenter. I got stuck on crown molding because I was like, okay, it was drilled in the crown molding, which would make it where? I got stuck on that too because that
1: didn't seem to make any sense to me because crown molding is in the corner of a room.
0: But it might not have been. I guess it could have been one of those houses that had crown molding on the ceiling. Oh,
1: like the you know? fancy squares or yeah. whatever. Okay, No, nah, I guess that's true. I'd have to, I guess, you know, look up the definition of what true yeah. crown molding is. I was is. having
0: a hard time visualizing it. And after a while, I was like, this is not the point. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: the point is she sees two peepholes or what she thinks are peepholes, which they do turn out to be peepholes. Yeah. And calls her brother upstairs to come look at them. They don't find anything behind it. But they find a body in the laundry room. Yes. And it turns out the body is the landlord of the house. Or no, the yep. owner
0: of the house. Yeah, the owner of the house, the owner of the rental home. Um, And so obviously their vacation takes a turn very early on, which I just feel so bad about. I on, When I read this book for the second time, I was just filled with so much sympathy for them in these opening scenes because they're just – describing how beautiful the house is and, like, excited for their vacation. And I was like, y'all are about to not get to enjoy any of your vacation.
1: <laughs> I think she mentions that she would be writing a strongly worded letter to the company that they booked the house for and that it better include yes. an
0: account credit. And yeah, I was like,
1: bitch, you're Full right. Full refund. Yeah. Full
0: refund, new vacation. So the murder has to happen really early on in this book so that we can meet the bounty hunter so the bounty hunter miles with a y miles with a y is the friend this is kind of convoluted so stick with me so the murdered guy's sister dates a guy who was in the military with the bounty hunter basically the sister knows a guy who knows a guy so yeah, which I feel
1: like is how you get a bounty hunter. Yes. Like where else do you find a bounty hunter? Like the yellow
0: pages. <laughs> yeah. The back of the newspaper. Right. Um, so so Miles comes in basically to do to do a solid for his buddy because he used to be a private investigator. So he's like, I'm gonna come out of my retirement and investigate this case, even though I'm not a PI anymore, I'm a bounty hunter. So he rolls in and Miles is like six foot five mid 30s has like what taylor describes as terrible tattoos which i'm like so interested (laughs) she says at one point i'm pretty sure correct me if i'm
1: wrong that one of his tattoos is a skull with fire in his eyes which is awful
0: yeah he the the book says i can't remember the exact quote but it's something about they look like they're they're drawn on or something So he rolls up on his motorcycle, he has long hair, he has tattoos, he's wearing like dirty jeans and work boots and you can picture the type. And Taylor is a like mid-twenties, tiny little like five foot two-ish second grade teacher. So quite the duo. And they first meet. She's watering the plants. That's right. On the porch of the vacation rental. That she got moved to, so they got they rented another vacation rental for free um, after they obviously couldn't stay in their original house. With the dead body? With yeah. the dead body. Um, and she's, like, pretending to water the plants because she's, like, creeping on Miles because she, she sees him roll up on sh- his motorcycle.
1: And she's decided she wants part of this investigation because she feels self-conscious about the fact that her brother has a cool job as a panda caretaker and her parents are archaeologists who rescue artwork, which I want the book about them.
0: Yes. Tessa, give it to us.
1: I want to find out what it's like to rescue artwork from war-torn countries.
0: That sounds great. So she gets involved and basically becomes a thorn in Miles's side, a very hot thorn in his side.
1: Yes, I learned a new term reading this book. what insta lust oh, for a trope I was not familiar with, yeah,
0: and it is instant, it is instant, so among okay, I need to say, in the scene that they meet, there's one tiny little bit where he is like checking her out. it's written from his perspective in the initial scene where they meet, and. He's, like, checking her out. shes They're on vacation at the beach, obviously, so she's only wearing a bikini top and denim shorts, as you do when you're on a beach vacation. And he's, like, checking her out, and he checks if she's wearing a wedding ring, and she, like, notices him looking. And that's such a tiny thing, but I was like, that's kind of (laughs) hot. It's, like, a little, like a... I feel like I love books where the guy is like a little more into it than the girl is Mm. especially at first and that's not really where this book ends up going like they end up both being equally into each other but here at the beginning when it's just written from his perspective and he's like he's not just like oh my god she's hot he's like is she married I want to like know what her deal is which is kind of sweet so before we move on to the next major plot
1: point I do have to mention The first two highlights I have of both of these characters. The first one is Taylor when she's admiring the house and says, tasteful nautical themed decor. (laughs) Which is an
0: oxymoron.
1: That is exactly why I highlighted it. There is no such thing. All beach houses look the same and they all look awful. It's fine.
0: I have a highlight related to that later on. (laughs) And then, my next highlight, which is from Miles'
1: perspective, is how anyone can be passionate at a place with so much fucking sand. And you know what? I highlighted it. (laughs) Why? Because Anakin Skywalker and his sand rant. Oh my god. Because that's all I could think about. (laughs) It's coarse and it gets everywhere.
0: So the thing about Kindle highlights, as we've established, is um, you lose context for what's happening. But one of the early ones I have is from Taylor's perspective when she says, I do have a super strength and it involves overthinking everything to death, which is very funny. Oh, what a mood. I also highlighted a lot during their like first meeting scene because it's so... Sassy, and he like won't tell her his name, and so she just starts calling him Bounty Hunter, which is very funny. <laughs> oh yeah, let's talk about nicknames. Yeah.
1: So miles throughout the entire book, before he knows her name, he starts calling her half pint, and then he stays doing it. How do we feel about a nickname? I'm
0: not a fan of a nickname in a romance novel. But I know a lot of people love it, so I, I really think I'm in the minority here. Half Pine is at least, like, a unique one and, like, on brand, you know? Like, sometimes it's just, like, sweetheart or angel or whatever, and those are more vague. Where Like, at least Half pint is, like, observant and has something to do with the dynamic because he's, like, a full foot taller than her,
1: mm, okay. you know? Okay,
0: that's a better take
1: than I had. One, I also don't like a nickname. But I do prefer a generic one over Half Pint, I think. Half Pint, I think, is annoying to me because it reminds me of children.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although one of the funniest moments in this early part of the book is where Taylor says, I'm the tallest person at my work. And he's like, you must work with kindergartners. And she's like, no. (laughs) Second graders. (laughs)
1: Actually, that was very funny. I did enjoy that part of the book a
0: lot. There are so many tiny little pockets. Like, the entire book is funny because a spicy murder mystery is by nature ridiculous. And so you have to just, like, camp it up. And so the entire book is funny, but there are so many, there are, like, a lot of really good little one-liners here Mm. and there, like the I'm the tallest person at my work is very funny.
1: Yeah, that's a good comeback, too, of uh, somebody calling you short. Yeah. If you do work with children.
0: Yeah, that's really smart. For any of my teacher friends out there, please use that. Yeah. So we learn like really early on that this is in terms of tropes, like Abigail said, insta-lust, but it's also a sunshine grump, which I love a sunshine grump. I love that dynamic. Miles is a little too grumpy for me, and this is one of the things that we – talked about which is our feelings about miles as a male lead Mm, yes he has a motorcycle which is abigail's thing no because (laughs) because it's a harley
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't count i knew it literally
0: in my notes i wrote hang on where did it go i wrote miles has a harley at abigail (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so other feelings about our lead characters. I I like Taylor, and I like her, her kind of side plot is that she's trying to be braver. But this bitch is brave. She starts investigating a murder, and I'm like, L- I wouldn't do that.
1: Yeah, I was <laughs> like, there's got to be a gateway drug to investigating a murder where you are not actually in danger. Right. So... Could you just like go parasailing, maybe? <laughs> bungee jumping, bungee jumping, maybe.
0: They try to go snorkeling, but they never actually end up snorkeling. No, they bang in a cave. Well, they don't bang. They almost get. They almost bang in a cave. Jude gets stung by a jellyfish <laughs> and ruins the moment.
1: Have you ever been stung by a jellyfish? I have. It Do you sucks. remember when I had that big? That's right. Yeah. Oh I got my gosh. Stung by a man and oh. I had that
0: scar for like a year.
1: I forgot about that. That was when we. When we first became friends, not over the man of war, but it was in that time period. Oh yeah, it was that same yes. like summer, yeah ish. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, so I like I like Taylor as a protagonist, and I like both of their. This is why I really like a dual perspective because I think both of their inner monologues make this story really strong because you kind of learn their motivations and why they're kind of being withholding from each other so this romance actually was like a little atypical because it wasn't we talked about this with book lovers and we've talked about this before like there wasn't it's not the communication issue like Mm. usually in a rom-com their main conflict is because they're not talking to each other like one of them has feelings for the other and they're not telling each other or whatever but that's not really the case here
1: oh no they are very descriptive with each other
0: About exactly what they want to do to each other.
1: (laughs) Like, what is it? Um, Again, we're writing down the percentage points for these books, hence Mm -hmm. the name 50%, because usually that's the point where they bang or talk about sex or whatever. Um, That's not the case in this book. Um, It is under 10%
0: where Taylor is showing him her hookup panties. Yes, these two have a conversation about panties very early like within 10 minutes of meeting each other what is
1: weird about it is that immediately she's like i like to be fucked rough
0: <laughs> yeah and no one gives it to me the way i want literally like okay and then there's a really hot okay it was hot and then i was a little like because mm. he's like kneeling on the ground and as we've established oh. he <gasps> yeah He's, like, kneeling oh. on the ground, and as we've established, he's, like, a giant man. So he's kneeling on the ground because he's looking for something. I don't remember. I don't what. remember what he's looking for. He's looking for something, and they open her suitcase, and the panties are there. And they're having this whole conversation about her panties while she, while he's kneeling on the ground, like, next to her. And then she says this whole thing about, like, I, like, basically want to be dominated, but no one will do that for me because I date these, like, you know, finance bros that won't rough me up. (laughs) And he grabs her by the waistband of her denim shorts and pulls her to him. And I was just like. But then he licks her. And then he licks her stomach. And I was like, they had me in the first half. I was reading some
1: Goodreads reviews of this book after I had finished it. And someone mentioned this, and they did not leave a positive review, but they mentioned the scene, and it was like, did not finish at 12%. Why does he lick her stomach? What's wrong with the straights? And that <laughs>
0: was kind of it. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to picture myself in the mo. I can imagine it being kind of sexy in the moment. But I think it's maybe one of those things that didn't translate to the page the way I wanted it to, you know? Yeah. I... Would I let a man... Because if it was, like, a gentle, like, you know, but, like, a...
1: <laughs> is what I was picturing it as. Katie just licked the air like a dog licking a car window. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's what I pictured it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can make it work in my brain because I would, you know, I... I don't I don't know what I would have uh, preferred, but, you know... But
0: grabbing by the waistband of of my denim shorts that i'm great with absolutely oh yeah i was like great
1: when i saw that i was like yes let's do it (laughs) but immediately being licked instead of something else
0: Eh, maybe not i don't know whatever but then they're they're interrupted by her brother so there are all these like little scenes where they like almost do it and then they can't so it's like It's kind of a slow burn in that regard, except they do a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah. So the denim shorts grabbing scene was at like 18 percent ish in my book. So that's pretty early. Um, But then, like I said, we just like get little like bread moments that are that are kind of hot. And this entire book happens over the course of four days. So this is not only insta lust, but it kind of turns into insta love. Right. By the end of it.
1: Right. I kind of forget that this book takes place over such a short period of time. It is a vacation romp, truly.
0: Yes, truly. So what are your other early notes, Abigail?
1: Taylor says some very funny things when she talks about her, quote unquote, sexual appetite. She's so funny. She's very funny but it reads as an unintentionally so (laughs) yes which i like even better (laughs) which is like i think it is cute i think she's
0: cute she's very cute
1: yeah she's very cute like i want her to be my friend yes absolutely she sounds hilarious to be around right oh another one i have for taylor where she's also talking to miles again You're saying I need different energy if I want to find a gentleman in the streets who also happens to be a freak in the sheets. Do I have that
0: right? (laughs) Uh, I know. Poor girl. She she does give off big second grade teacher energy. She really does. That's the best. I mean,
1: you know, obviously she is a second grade teacher, but that is the best way to describe her, even if she wasn't a teacher. Right. She has big, you know, I like to think Tessa Bailey wrote her first, got the energy and was like, oh, she's a teacher. She is teacher energy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a really great one of my Kindle highlights from early on about her being a teacher is really great. She says, I'm a pandemic era teacher, damn it. That basically qualifies me for a presidential run. Truly. I have that highlighted also. Of course you do. That's a great line. Okay, so continuing on, these two unlikely, this is kind of like a buddy cop story, (laughs) Except they're buddy cops who want to fuck.
1: That's the tagline. <laughs> it's buddy cops who actually want to fuck.
0: It's not just full. It's not just romantically charged. They actually do want to fuck. That's this is the uh, the audiogram. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's
1: definitely a porn out there of that already, and this is just not oh, form. Absolutely, don't
0: send them to us. But don't send me a porn. Okay, we got to talk about the an acid. <laughs>
1: So Miles with a Y is constantly in this book, popping antacids.
0: Literally the first line from his perspective is, is something like, I hopped off my bike and popped an antacid. I think it's supposed to like insinuate how stressed out he is or something, but we never get an explanation for the antacids.
1: I think it's so funny that she almost... I think, you know, I think Tessa knows it's ridiculous this man is popping antacids. So I think it is kind of a running joke. Yes. But it is kind of played in the book like look at this hardened bounty hunter, he's popping antacids cuz he's got heartburn.
0: Yeah. And it's like he has heartburn. I know, but then then later in the book um, um he's like they're like eating tacos or whatever and he like there's a line where Taylor's like putting chili powder Oh, yeah. Into the tacos, and he, like, tips up her hand, and I'm like, my man, this is why you need those antacids. Yeah. Also, you probably have a stomach ulcer. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you're probably not helping yourself, my guy.
0: Okay. So, these two team up. It's the buddy cop movie that you always wanted, but you never knew you wanted it. They're constantly... I mean, I wouldn't go so far to call it an enemies to lovers. They're just both really cranky at each other at the beginning when they meet. Yes, and to because, Taylor's yeah, go
1: ahead. Well, to Taylor's credit, she calls him on his shit when he's cranky. Yes, so which I like. I did that's, like
0: that's part of why I like like a sunshine grump trope because I like it when the sunshine is like, you need to chill, and the grump is like, you're right. Oh Good. <laughs> Before these two even kiss. At 23%, this man removes Taylor's bikini top. He touches her nipples before he even kisses her.
1: Maybe that's why I can't get on board with the licking at all. It's like, well, I mean, you know, besides the obvious, but it's like, they haven't even kissed yet.
0: Yeah. Um, so basically, right, Taylor is wanting to explore the idea of really rough sex They kind of fool around, but they get interrupted again. And so they almost do it and they don't. And then, of course, again, they're like, oh, this is a bad idea. Like, we can't be together. Well, Miles is like that. Taylor's like, I want to climb this man like a fucking tree. Yeah.
1: She's fully on board.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, but they keep having these little moments where they're almost going to hook up and then they don't. So they're kind of going throughout this book you know, making discoveries on the case together, despite Miles not wanting Taylor to be involved, and almost fucking, and it's like back and forth like that for a while. So it was like around 20% that the taking the bikini top off happens. Um, And then shortly after that, I wrote does Tessa Bailey know my ex? Emotionally unavailable. (laughs) (laughs) because then there's this line in the book where Taylor tells Miles she's as emotionally available or he's as emotionally available as a banana which is really funny that's a good line a banana and then at around 30% they finally have this moment where Taylor tells Miles like listen I'm not going to catch feelings for you just like show me what Like help me figure out how to voice what I want in bed, which I actually that's actually really cool because women have a hard time asking for what they want. And so while, again, this book is kind of silly, like it's a really good lesson in being like, okay, I'm going to like we're going to work together and I'm going to like I'm going to teach you how to ask for what you want, which Mm, is nice.
1: That's true. I didn't think about it that way. That is kind of nice.
0: Yeah. Beyond it being super hot, it's nice. It's a mm. nice thing to do. And Miles is a like nice, respectful guy in bed, which I also really like. That way. Despite it being super hot and heavy and like he's grabbing your throat and pulling her bikini top off and stuff and like dirty talk to the nines. Yes. But he's nice and respectful. And he constantly tells her that he's not going to do anything she doesn't want to do. Yeah, that's true. And she asks for a safe word, and he's like, I don't need a safe word. I know what stop means, which, like, enlightened.
1: (laughs) That's why, yeah, I've never really gotten the point of a safe word, because it's like, why can't you just say stop? But some dudes are assholes.
0: Some people don't know what stop means. Yeah, some people suck. So I wrote at 33%, I'm sweating. (laughs) And then at 34%, I just wrote BJ.
1: (laughs) Is this when, so pardon me, I'm getting a lot of the sex scenes confused because as we established- There are many. There are many, and they come up often. Is this when they are in the house and the buoy
0: flies through the window? Yes. So they get interrupted by someone basically trying to kill Taylor because she's working on this murder. Those meddling kids. Those meddling kids. And this is- to call back to your nautical themed quote, Taylor says, "Like right after, her, oh, like being the victim of violence." Right. She says, "Even the vandalism is nautical themed." <laughs> Girl loves a theme. I don't know. She's so funny. She's so funny. I love it.
1: That scene was very hot, and yeah. then they were un- interrupted by nautical vandalism
0: right so like we're just like we're getting closer and there's a bj so we got somewhere but it was not to completion so
1: we're not talking a lot about the you know the murder mystery at the heart of it but there's there's not a lot of the murder mystery throughout the book it's just kind of interspersed yeah we
0: get little check-ins here and there so this this moment when the buoy is thrown through the window We've kind of spent a lot of time focus in the book, focusing on this like budding romance at this point. And so the buoy being thrown through the window is obviously a rude awakening to Miles and Taylor, but it's also kind of like an awakening to the reader of like, oh shit, that's right. There's a, a metaphor there's else going on here.
1: It's a metaphor. Yeah. Yes. So someone is trying to kill Taylor. And they are exploring what their. are vacation ship looks like yes basically
0: and this is where miles is kind of one of those male leads not kind of he is one of those male leads that's like super protective Mm -hmm. which i don't always like but i i it makes a lot of sense that he is because of his job and stuff so i think it works um and also someone's literally trying to kill his lady so makes sense that you're gonna kind of freak out Okay, so then after this is where things really ramp up. Like, we've gotten to, like, the... We're at 35-ish percent. They almost do it. The buoy gets thrown through the window, which escalates both their relationship and the investigation. Let's talk about gun safety. Let's talk about gun safety, because I literally... (laughs) I have so many notes about this. So, I do love that... Tessa Bailey wrote in the moments where he was, like, taking his gun out of his waistband and, like, putting the safety on, setting it down. But when they're going to go snorkeling. He leaves a gun unattended on on the the fucking beach. On the beach when there's a murderer on the loose. I was enraged when I read They are in a cave other than the questionable gun safety. I really like the scene in the cave because they kind of have, it's kind of their first, like, romantic Moment. Yeah,
1: yeah this one has more romance to it and less like stomach licking
0: <laughs> no stomach licking no as stomach. far as I can remember <laughs> they do like get kind of hot and heavy but it is more of an emotional connection and we're kind of starting to see their walls come down which is nice we're starting to kind of see them open up to each other and you know figure out why they're both so guarded <laughs> <laughs> thank you Dr. Phil <laughs> So they go on a motorcycle ride, like, after 50%, which is actually kind of cute, because there's this whole, as we've established, Taylor thinks she's not brave, which, again, she's braver than I will ever be, because I don't, I'm not going to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> I like that that's your point, and not, I'm not going to investigate a murder. Also that, I'm not going to do half the shit that she does in this book. I will... I mean, I do kind of inv- investigate murders for a living, but they're generally already solved. Also, again, this man rides a Harley. You're
1: not going over like 20. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know anything. <laughs> I've, I'm an experienced passenger with my dad, and you have nothing to worry about on a Harley. <laughs> I would ride a motorcycle with your dad. Oh, my dad's a great, a very safe... Yes. Yeah. I oh, trust yeah. him.
0: Yeah. I would not get on a motorcycle with this bounty hunter. (laughs) You know, that
1: actually might be fair. Would I get on a motorcycle with a man I had only known for two days?
0: No. All right, let's um (laughs) I have some really I have two really nerdy notes. Let's hear them. After the motorcycle ride, they're going to the library because Taylor has tricked Miles into thinking she just wants to go like check out a book because she's kind of bored, but really what she wants to do is investigate the property records of the Airbnb that she's staying at. And so my two really nerdy notes are, she doesn't live there. How is she planning on checking out library books? (laughs)
1: I had the same thought. I was <laughs> of like, you did. "Did this bitch get a library card for a week long vacation?" Which, like, I would do that too. Yeah, maybe she paid the money. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But also, like, if it was us, we would bring our own books, right? So why would we need to go? I to the library? literally
0: had to leave one eighth of my suitcase for books on my three day Mexico trip last week. Uh, I I, I checked, brought five
1: books. I checked your Goodreads from when you were in Mexico and saw you had finished like three books, and I was like, mm. "What the
0: fuck were you doing?" On vacation. <laughs> reading. I was sitting by the pool, having a man bring me drinks. My God. And reading. That was all I wanted to do on this trip, and that's what I did.
1: <sighs> I stayed here, and I read by the pool. Not the same, but
0: I did make a peach margarita. It was great. So my second nerdy note is even nerd. This is a journalist nerd note. Ooh, about property records? No, but I have a lot of thoughts on that. Because yeah. I just don't really believe that in Cape Cod they don't have their property records online, but whatever. My note is, a scene at the county clerk's office in a smutty book. Imagine.
1: (laughs) But I do have a note. So I wasn't feeling this book up until this point. Really? Yeah. And so Taylor is at the, the office and she's reading these documents and then she gets hit by something and knocked out. And miles comes to rescue her and all that and you know it's kind of romantic and but my first thought and it sounds really shitty but my first thought was this book really improves after she gets whacked
0: (laughs) so i love the scene at the library slash county clerk's office when the police show up because obviously she gets whacked they show they (laughs) they call the police and then the police officer is like really nosy and wants to know about Taylor and Miles' relationship. I love the police officer. Me too. Favorite side character, hands down. The best townie, if you the
1: will. The best
0: townie. Although I do love the cranky neighbor. Oh, we don't
1: get him enough, though. I know.
0: I need more cranky neighbor because he's yeah. hilari- he's an asshole, but he's hilarious.
1: But the cop is... But he's right. This is what I would be investigating.
0: Yeah, because he's like... Taylor literally gets knocked over the head, unconscious, and Officer Wright is like, so are you two, like, together, or?
1: What's going
0: on? (laughs) And Taylor's like, no, and Miles is like, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean? He's like, and then there's this whole, like, two-page back and forth where he's like, well, what would you consider hand-holding? And Taylor's like, we have not had the DTR conversation, bro, like, this is not how this works. And he's like, oh. ugh. <laughs> it's I so want funny. The deets. It's so funny. Okay, so then this is where the people are given what we have been waiting for the entire time, except it's after she potentially has a concussion.
1: In my notes, I wrote, this is so fucking hot, but also. She I'm might worried. have brain damage. I know. I'm
0: like I'm worried about her. So, I actually I actually sent you a message when I was reading this book um cuz you started reading it before me, but I got further in it than you did. Like I read it faster oh, than you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I sent you a message where I was like I bet they're going to fuck before 50% and I was wrong. <gasps> I was wrong. 66%, baby. That's right. Mm-hmm. They did a lot
1: they did a lot of they other stuff. They did everything else. <laughs> they did everything else. So like, you weren't wrong. Yeah,
0: but I also was wrong.
1: I feel like sometimes the the fifty percent, at least when I was thinking about it, was like they kiss. Where they define the relationship? Sure. Yeah. But a, a big moment. A big moment. But the you know they it it takes them a full two thirds into the book to finally have penetration
0: yes if we're talking about literal pnv it's 66 (laughs) percent. takes a bit and it is super hot it's so satisfying she except i'm like of course this is me being like never able to enjoy anything so she she's super cold because she's had like a trauma so she starts like shaking she's like the The realization that she's been assaulted is hitting her. And so Miles is like, I'm going to take you home. Like, let's like get you warmed up. So she runs a shower and starts like stripping, but she keeps her thong on. She gets in the shower with her thong on. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Which I'm like, this goes back to like the book Lovers Emily Henry skinny dipping. Like, fucking take your clothes off, you guys. Just do it. If you're going to do it, just do it. But... There's like this buildup, so I get it. It makes sense. Um, so they get, she gets in the shower to like warm up, um, and but she doesn't last in the shower because he like yanks her out of there and fucks her on the bathroom vanity. And the way that it's dis- described is really hot. There's like soapy bubbles all over her, or whatever. But all I could think about is like, this sounds really dangerous. <laughs> like someone's gonna slip and fall. Mine was,
1: she's going to get soap in her vag and it's going to fucking hurt. I also thought that. It is, I told Katie before we started recording, but somebody on Reddit was talking about this book and was like, the vagina uh, hygiene here is not great in this book. <laughs> but when is it ever in like a smutty book? You know, we, we suspend our, our belief for a bit that there's no such thing as yeast infections here.
0: Well, my other main thought, first of all, I was like, This is a slippery bathroom. I would bust my ass. Oh. (laughs) Um, My second thought was he's going down on her when there's soap all over her. So he's basically just swallowing a bunch of soap. Hot. Hot. But it is so hot. This scene is so hot. It's, It's satisfying. It's what you've been waiting for. It's what you wanted. It is a payoff for the fact that it takes so
1: long for them to truly hook up. And, yeah, it it pays off.
0: And Tessa Bailey, as we've established, truly is the queen of writing dirty talk. Like, it's very good because this is a thing that can, that I feel like could be, A, super cheesy for the reader, and B, super cheesy for the writer to, like, try to write because how do you do that when you're not, like, in the moment? You know, like, in the heat of the moment. But it always works. She always makes it work for the characters and for the moment and for the setting. Like, I don't know how she does this because presumably Tessa Bailey has not been in all of these settings. Like, presumably Tessa Bailey has not fucked a bounty hunter on their bathroom counter or, you know, hooked up with a fucking sea captain or whatever. Like. Truly the dream. I know. If there are any sea captains out there. (laughs) I mean,
1: don't call us. We're taken. But. We can hook you up with some friends. But
0: call us and we'll link you up with yeah. someone because we wanna we wanna be connected to the story.
1: Or tell us your secrets. I don't know. One yeah. of the two.
0: Call our partners. Yeah. <laughs> so at sixty six percent we get the fireworks. We do it, they do it, it's great. And then they're like kinda together. Like they already were kind of together, but their relationship has changed. And I love this moment that they go out for ice cream, because they were supposed oh. to go for ice cream before Taylor got whacked over the head with presumably a large leather-bound book. I is, just pictured it as like the the big
1: Harry Potter monster book of monsters. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's kind watched. of what I pictured it too, <laughs> like this big leather-bound like, encyclopedia or something. So they go out for ice cream. Which is so cute. It's so cute. And it... What happens is one of my favorite inner monologues from Miles where he's, like, picturing their life together. And he's, like, you know, I. he even makes some comment to her where he's, like, do I look like an ice cream kind of guy or whatever, like, earlier on. And then he's walking into this ice cream shop with her thinking about, like, bringing their future kids there one day and then he's like what if we can't have kids we should go to a fertility doctor and he has this little like almost anxiety spiral about all of these things that haven't even happened yet and it's just I just love that in a romance novel when like the man is thinking about stuff like that like it's very sweet
1: yeah this is the stuff that gets me like you know we've talked about Abby Jimenez and Emily Henry and the authors that we really love and that's always the stuff that gets me is the fluffy like Things that I'm not sure a man ever truly thinks or whatever, but it's like... Right, but
0: a man written by a woman does. Yeah,
1: but a man written by a woman does. Mm-hmm. And this was so fucking cute. Also, I have a big personal sweet tooth, so any man who's going to take me on an ice cream date is a winner.
0: Okay, so they're walking down the street eating their ice cream when suddenly it starts to pour and the only place that's open is a church. A Catholic church. A Catholic church. They run into this church, which for some reason, them bringing their ice cream into the church bothers me (laughs) (laughs) more than anything else that's about to happen. (laughs) I'm just thinking about like, listen, I went to Catholic school K through six. um, And if I'd gotten caught eating in church, I would have gotten lit up. Well, what if you got caught having sex in church? Well, I was only there from kindergarten through sixth grade, so... Well, okay, don't apply it to that time period. I just mean, you know. What does happen in this book... What does happen in this book is that they fuck in the church. This sounds, like, really dirty and raunchy, but actually the, the scene inside of the church is very sweet because they've just had this moment... In the bathroom, where you know, when they're wet and slippery from the shower or whatever, when Taylor is basically asking Miles to do to like be dominant and like give her this like rough sex that she's been craving and wanting, and then they're in this church and they've they're on the heels of this ice cream date where they're kind of connecting on a more emotional level. So there's this really sweet moment in the church when they're like kind of making out, but nothing's like really gone anywhere yet. But Taylor tells Miles, when we met, I needed someone to give me rough. Maybe you need the opposite. Maybe you need someone to give you slow and sweet so you know you're capable of it, so you know you deserve it. Which is really nice because he's like kind of, positioned himself to be this like unfeeling like hard like man where like all I want is a one night stand all I want is sex and she's like calling him on it Mm. and she like basically makes him slow down and like make love to her
1: I couldn't clock any of this because they're having sex in a church I know it is distracting
0: (laughs) Tessa Bailey
1: loves a sex scene in an inappropriate place In my three book experience, but all I could think about, not all I could think about, all I could think about was that they were in a church having sex, but it did remind me of in It Happened One Summer when they have
0: sex in the hospital. Yes. It reminded me of that also. Okay. So they have some fairly sacrilegious, but very romantic sex in a church. I think they make it as tasteful as uh, church sex
1: could be. Question mark. I can't sign off on it, but it is romantic. I just wish it was somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it, it is very romantic. It is a very nice moment between the two of them. So I do appreciate the plot development.
1: And it comes at a nice moment where, you know, as we talked about, they have this sweet moment having this ice cream date where, you know, Miles with a Y is letting himself lean into this romantic side of himself that he doesn't let come out.
0: Yeah, at all until this point in the book, and thinking about a future with her, it's 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 very nice. And so, they kind of put uh, an exclamation point on it in the uh, <laughs> in the Catholic Church, and then they make a, a joke about wood to the nuns, which is very funny. <laughs> it is very funny. <laughs> it's very funny. So the other part about this romantic scene in the church is there is this really raw moment between them where they're like mid sex act and she basically tells him that she could fall in love with him and then they just like don't really it's like really gut-wrenching yeah let me find the exact quote so I don't have the context here but I think they're like kind of dirty talking thinking about You know, talking about, like, I love this. And she says, what about what I love? What about who I could love so easily? Ugh. And then you, she says against my ear, I could love you so easily. Oh. And, like, I don't love insta-love stories. But, because I'm like, whatever, guys. But that moment is just, like, so crushing. That moment of, like, that's so relatable, I think, for anyone. That moment of being like, oh, God, this could be something. And it's just not, like, it's heartbreaking. Maybe
1: that's the difference is that she says it could be, not that it is. I
0: know, and I think that's, like, really what gets me because they're just acknowledging this thing. They're, like, skirting around it but never touching it.
1: Right. Like this is something that's starting that could be great, that we could be together and But we can't. Yeah. So let's let's kind of, you know, skip ahead maybe to the resolution yeah. of this novel.
0: Yeah, so there's you know, we always we we've talked about before how there's always this like fight or fallout toward the end. There's not really that here. There's just kind of this mutual we
1: don't see how this can work. Yeah. And they kind of part ways. Well, it
0: seems like the murder is solved.
1: They think it's the mayor.
0: Yeah, so they think they've got this murder resolved. They think it's the mayor. Because she wanted
1: to protect her assets in these rental properties. She's
0: Long story short, she's got an... A financial stake in the investment or in the rental property. Yeah, like it doesn't fucking matter because it, it doesn't book, matter.
1: This book is about the romance and the sex. It doesn't really matter all that much, but it it that's that's what we think is the solution.
0: Yeah, the the resolution is that the mayor wants to protect her financial stake in these rental properties, even though she's been railing against the rental properties, but. It turns out the mayor isn't actually behind it. And so Miles is already preparing to go home. He's preparing to move on to his next case. He is trying to move on from Taylor because he knows or thinks that it's over. And then he has this moment of clarity. And he realizes that it's actually the mayor's assistant. Kurt. Yes, Kurt. Kurt. So Miles puts it together that Kurt, the mayor's assistant, is actually the one behind it. So he decides to go rush over to Taylor because he's worried that she's still in danger. And turns out she is because Kurt has her at gunpoint. On the beach. On the beach. And it's this very dramatic moment where like literally everyone in the town is there. And Miles steps in and saves the day and basically puts himself at risk. For Taylor, and it's all very romantic. This was the point where I was like,
1: yeah, I would maybe fall in love with Miles with a Y.
0: Yeah, he literally steps in front of a gun for her. So Miles saves the day, and he and
1: Taylor decide they're going to be together.
0: Well, Miles decides before telling Taylor.
1: Oh, wait. Actually, I really loved
0: this. This is so funny. So Kurt gets arrested The murder is resolved. You know, everything is chill on the crime investigation front. And then, you know, Miles says all these beautiful, wonderful, romantic things to Taylor after she has this near-death experience because she's having a near-death experience. So she wakes up the next morning being like, I'm not going to hold him accountable to anything he said, even though he said he like loves me and wants to be with me and whatever, whatever profession of love. She's like, I'm not going to it's fine. Like, I'm not I I can't expect him to do that for me, which is very sweet on her part. Her and Jude start like heading back home to their hometown and they're like in the car driving to Connecticut. And Taylor keeps looking back and Miles is behind them. On his motorcycle. I loved this because- it's so funny. As she
1: and Jude are walking out of their rental house with their suitcases and everything, Miles is like sitting by a tree and she like waves to him and is like, okay, bye, I guess, or whatever. And he's like, yeah, okay. And,
0: and he just puts his helmet on and gets on his motorcycle.
1: And then just follows them all the way to Hartford.
0: And there's this really cute moment where, I mean, this this whole scene, actually, where he's like coming into her apartment and Ugh. he's like, I feel like you need to see me here to believe that it's real. Yes. Which is so sweet and considerate. It is, again, like I said,
1: the book improves immensely after she gets whacked. <laughs> and this is so good where he just comes into her apartment and is like, can
0: you see me here? Yeah. Can you see me here? He's like, I'm in your kitchen. Can you see me cooking dinner? I'm in your bathroom. Can you see us brushing our teeth next to each other? It's so sweet. And I feel like that's really nice because I feel like that's usually like the, like, that's like the woman's inner monologue, right? Mm. Like when you're dating someone seriously, you start, trying to picture them in your life. You're like, can I picture us brushing our teeth next to each other? Can I picture us reading in bed next to each other? Can I picture us walking the dogs or whatever? And he's just saying it. He says the quiet part out loud. Just the, I want to do those things with you. Yeah. I'm here to do those things with you. I'm committed. And he's not saying, I want to. He's saying, I am here. I'm in your bathroom. What I really loved about the epilogue is – Miles is talking about how they have all these pictures on the wall of their years together. And And then he's like so nervous about proposing. And he talks about how he had been wanting to propose for a while, but she was like, I want to just chill. And so this is another example of like, I love it when the man is in it a little more than the woman is because it's just so sweet. And so he's all nervous. The epilogue is written from his perspective and he's super nervous, and she comes home, and she strips, and he's like, oh, my God, all of our family is in the next room, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he covers her
1: in his suit jacket.
0: Yes, and so, like, people walk in, and they're like, oh, my God, y'all are supposed to wait for the honeymoon, and he's like, guys, I haven't even asked. This is, like, our weird life that we live, and he covers her with his suit jacket, and then, of course, the suit jacket falls off as they're taking a photo, and so... The ending is like, we have another photo, but like a super funny one for our wall. And then the last line of this book really gets me. And I like, y'all know I'm a crier. I did not cry at this entire book, (laughs) except for this last line really, Uh. really got me because Tessa writes. Well, they have a new photo to add to the collage. And then the last sentence or the last two sentences, we continue to add to it for the next six decades until it takes up the entire wall and spills into the living room, a tapestry of joy. It's so nice. So
1: Katie, how did you feel about this book overall as somebody who's the more maybe experienced
0: Tessa Bailey reader? It was super fun. Um, It's I will say it's a very quick read. It's less than 300 pages. So if you're listening to this and you have some kind of last minute vacation planned for the summer, this is definitely something I would read this summer on vacation. It's easily digestible. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's funny. And the idea of fusing a romance novel with a murder mystery is just... I mean, isn't that what you want to read during the summer? Yes.
1: This is a good, quick pool, beach read. Yes. This is perfect for Katie and I are going to the beach next month and with our men, (laughs) TM men. (laughs) And had I not read this already, this would have been
0: a beach read. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure.
1: Katie, what are you reading right now
0: that's not that is or is not in the romance realm. What am I reading right now? So, on my so I went to Mexico last week and as Abigail mentioned, I I brought a lot of books. She did. I read The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston, which if you have been listening, I think I've li- I think I've mentioned it on every episode so far. <laughs> 3 this 3 been, for 3. Yeah, this has been on Katie's TBR for a for hot minute. so long. And I wanted to save it for the absolute perfect moment because I knew I was going to love it. And I was right. I loved it. I read it while I was on vacation. But listen, I was at an all-inclusive resort and I had kind of hit the drinks a little hard when I was reading it. So I'm rereading it again now so that I can fully enjoy it. And I'm rereading it now so I can annotate it, which is very valuable because then I'm going to give it to you. Oh, I love when Katie gives me a book that she's marked up. I've got the good parts all ready for you. But my favorite thing about marking a book up for you is that you don't know what any of the marks mean. No. You just have to assume you're you're looking at it and you're like, oh, this is a part that Katie liked. And then you're left to figure out why. Oh, okay. I'm experiencing
1: this now, but what else are you reading right this second that you haven't Already finished and yeah, rereading. <laughs> so, yeah, so
0: I'm rereading The Dead Romantics. Um, but I am reading right now The Mismatch by Sarah Jafari, which is kind of a I'm not gonna say heavier, but it's it's not the lighthearted, you know, rom coms that we always read. It's it's really, really interesting. It alternates points of view between this young woman. This young Iranian woman, you know, trying to find a man to marry and then her mom's perspective um, dating as an Iranian and getting married as an Iranian in the 70s. So that's really interesting. It's a little slow going for me, but it's because I really want to pay attention to it.
1: Right now I'm reading As Seen on TV by Meredith Shore. Because on the front cover, it says it has
0: Gilmore Girls vibes. And <laughs> I saw a TikTok yesterday or today that was like, it was like, a, if you like this TV show, read this book. And that was the first one. If you like Gilmore Girls, read as seen on TV. I am in the middle of a Gilmore Girls
1: rewatch for maybe the seventh time. And I'm reading this right now. Um, so I'm excited to see where it ends up. I'm about maybe halfway through it. Um But it definitely has some good townies. It's Mm. kind of not maybe what you would, would expect. But, you know, I'm excited to see where it ends up.
0: So the next book that we will be reading in August, a month from now, is Honey and Spice by Balu Babalola. And we're really excited about this one. It's a Reese Witherspoon book pick. So you might've already heard about it and it's much anticipated. I haven't read it yet. I just bought it on my Kindle literally today. So I'm really excited.
1: I haven't read it yet either. This was actually one I found on Amazon, just kind of scrolling through the romance section. And I texted Katie about it because it sounded really great. And this is a fake dating. One yes. that we haven't done yet. So do we want to read the description for it like we did for...
0: Yes, let me pull it up. Yeah. This is the blurb for Honey and Spice from Amazon. So there's there's a tiny headline that says, Sweet like plantain, hot like pepper, they taste the best when together. Oh, I'm so excited. And then here's the blurb. Sharp-tongued and secretly soft-hearted Kiki Bonjo has just made a huge mistake. As an expert in relationship evasion and the host of the popular student radio show Brown Sugar, she's made it her mission to make sure the women of the African Caribbean Society at Whitewell University do not fall into the mess of situationships, players, and heartbreak. But when the Queen of the Unbothered kisses Malachi Korede, the guy she just publicly denounced as the Wasteman of Whitewell in front of every Blackwellian on campus, she finds her show on the brink. They're soon embroiled in a fake relationship to try and salvage their reputations and save their futures. Kiki has never surrendered her heart before, and a player like Malachi won't be the one to change that, no matter how charming he is or how electric their connection feels. But surprisingly entertaining study sessions and intimate late night talks at old fashioned diners force Kiki to look beyond her own presumptions. Is she ready to open herself up to something deeper? A gloriously funny and sparkling debut novel, Honey and Spice is full of delicious tension and romantic intrigue that will make you weak at the knees. I am so excited. If you're if you're a fan of book talk and you want uh recommendations, go follow us at fifty percent pod on TikTok. You can follow us at fifty percent pod.
1: And we're excited that you're listening. Thank you so much. We really
0: appreciate you all. And see y'all next time. Yeah, see you next time. Bye. Thank guys. you.